This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Harianto Diman. And I'm Olivia Kui. Welcome to The Straits Times' Big Story podcast, where we analyse key issues with our journalists and guest experts. The Straits Times' food editor, Tan Xue Yun, is here to share more. Now, Xue Yun, the inscription is not so much about hawker food, isn't it? It's about the entire experience, the culture of, you know, going to the hawker centre. That's right. It's so much a part of our life, isn't it? You know, we go to a hawker centre, we walk past a hawker centre, we have many opinions about hawkers, the food centres. So, um, it's not really just about the food. In fact, mm. the food is just a very small part of the whole thing. Right. And Shre, in what ways will the recognition benefit hawkers? Because it doesn't seem like the benefits will be monetary. Mm. Yeah, well, hence intangible, right? Mm. No, I think, I think what it means for hawkers, right, is that the government is really committed to keeping this culture alive. It will do whatever it takes to make sure that it continues. So if you are a veteran hawker, here the entire government is now saying that, you know, we are we are really going to do whatever it takes to keep this culture alive and to mm. keep your livelihood safe, right? And then for people who maybe um, want to become hawkers, but then they keep thinking, well, the status is low, you know, the hours are long, the slog is really hard. Mm. This is something, this is like a bit of a boost, isn't it? Mm. And you, you know, you're, if you do this and you do this well, you know, you're going to be recognized for your efforts. And it's not just a matter of like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to become a hawker and then no one's going to support me and then things are just going to be really hard. And, you know, um, so there is guidance, there will be programs, there will be mentorships, apprenticeships, things to help um, aspiring hawkers be as good as they can get. Right. Well, we're going to talk more about how each of us can sustain the hawker culture in just a little bit, but I want to find out from you, Cher, are there any benefits that the inscription will bring to tourism when Singapore can finally open to tourists again? Well, you know that, um, you know, when Michelin decided to mm. bestow a, a star on a, on a, a braised soy sauce chicken stall, Overnight, there were long queues, right? Mm. So uh, you think about that multiplied by 6,000 because there are 6,000 hawker stalls in Singapore. Mm. And you, you imagine that this is going to be um, something that, that, that people will come to Singapore for, right? Um, not everybody is going to come here and just eat in Michelin-star restaurants. And then we offer um, so much diversity and so much depth and breadth in, in, in the in our selection of hawker stalls, 6,000 of them, you can never hope to go to all of them in one lifetime. Shrey, keeping the inscription means we have to preserve hawker culture because Singapore now has to submit a report every six years to UNESCO to show efforts are made to safeguard and transmit hawker culture to future generations. So what would it take, you reckon, to sustain hawker culture going forward? Well, I think the most important and most urgent task is really to attract a, a new generation of hawkers, um, people who are not doing, are not becoming hawkers just because they're desperate for for jobs, right? But people who actually have passion and who can, who maybe don't have the know-how yet, but the government can help them with 
schemes and programs and mentorships and apprenticeships. So attracting new blood, I think, is very vital to keeping it alive. And then, of course, it's not just what the government can do for hawkers. It's what we Singaporeans can do for hawkers, for hawker culture as well. Um, I know a lot of people would rather go eat in um, a fast food joint than sit and sweat it out in a hawker centre. But if we don't patronise hawker stalls, if we don't support them, if we don't, you know, make them, make uh, hawker food a part of our lives, then, then you know, culture will become irrelevant to our lives, right? Yeah. Well, as with every topic, there are some naysayers and these people are saying that perhaps the UNESCO inscription isn't deserved because hawker culture isn't unique to Singapore. So Shreya, what's your take on that? Well, a lot of countries have street food, um, you know, uh, developed countries, you know, not so developed ones. Um, but I think in Singapore, you have, um, it's it's sort of like part of our landscape. It's not um, sort of like a, a bunch of food trucks collected in one area or, or maybe people hawking food by the roadside. Um, it's it's the centre itself, right? Mm. Um, every uh, HDB town has many, you know, hawker centres and each of them would offer um, more than two dozen choices for people who want to eat anything under the sun, you can find it in a hawker centre and uh, you can eat in relative comfort. Um, and you can be sure that, you know, um, hygiene will be there because the stalls are graded. Mm. So I kind of think that all of these elements um, make it very unique to Singapore. And I can't think of another place that would have something like a hawker centre and a hawker culture that, that kind of has been built up over the decades. Alright, well, thank you so much, uh, Shui, for setting aside time to speak with us. We've been speaking to the food editor at The Straits Times, Tan Sherin. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.